So I wanted it to be a community where we kind of all empowered each other and gave advice to each other without feeling like, oh, if I give my trade secrets, they're gonna outcompete me or something. I wanted it to be something where we can all help each other become better businesswomen. Good morning, everyone. I'm your host, Harley, and this is the Ranch Collective Podcast, where we talk with Western industry professionals to share, educate, and give a platform to those inside the industry and to give those who are outside of it a look at the day-to-day by having real conversations with guests. If you are new here, welcome, and if you've been on this journey with me for a while, welcome back. I'm so thrilled to be releasing new episodes and sharing new stories with you again. I've really, really missed it. Before we hop into the show with Marky today, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who saw my message on social media. Did have to postpone my season five launch to have some dental work done. Not sure if you can hear it by the way that I'm talking, but I had my wisdom teeth pulled, was in a lot of pain prior to that, and my break did wind up unfortunately being a little bit longer than I'd originally planned. But the other update I wanted to give you all is that we closed on our first home at the beginning of November. And now we are almost all moved in and set up, which is super exciting for our family. Our dogs love it, love the yard, and we just love the house. We are so excited to make it our home. Today's guest, as I mentioned earlier, is Marky Hageman Jones, who is the woman behind the Girls Eat Beef 2 Facebook page on Instagram. But today we had planned on talking about her beef business women groups on Facebook and LinkedIn which we do, but we also talk about access to resources, which is actually a huge part of why those groups exist, and about how her advocacy journey has changed and grown since our last chat almost two years ago. Those are episodes 32 and 33, and they were actually the first pair of episodes that I split into what is now my normal style of introducing my guests to you, so that's really cool. Um, They are also linked in the show notes, as is all of Marky's social media and her groups, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey you guys, it's Harley. I'm just hopping in before we start the episode to tell you about my other business, Foliage Company, and our retainer package. So Josiah and I co-own a photography business where we partner with other small businesses, advocates, and influencers to create social media content. Recently, we decided to develop retainer packages for our small business customers who need photo content on a regular basis but don't have an in-house photographer. As you all know, social media is a huge part of growing your business and increasing your brand awareness, so fresh content is important. We are currently offering one, three, and six session packages with different time choices. You'll get high quality, professionally edited photos in unlimited locations, and a phone or Zoom planning session so that we can make the most of our time together. For more information and pricing, please head over to our social media at Polish Company, that's P-O-L-I-C-H Company, or click the link in today's episode notes. Hi, I'm Marky Hageman Jones. I am the creator of Girls Eat Beef 2 on Instagram and Facebook. I am also a beginner first-generation cattle producer in California. And I recently just launched a new little venture called um, Beef Business Women. And that's a little community of female entrepreneurs in the beef industry that I hope to do a lot with in the, the coming years. Yes, I'm really excited. I joined the Facebook group um, to be a part of the community. I'm really excited. I see some familiar faces in there and um, it's going to be fun. And for those of you who are listening who don't know, I actually had um, Marky on back in spring 2021. It was episode 32 and 33. Um, We go more 
a lot more actually in depth into her um, background and all of that. But can you give like a, also a brief, like of maybe like updates that have happened in the last year and a half ish? Yeah. So with the girls eat beef too stuff. Um, well, I guess since we spoke last for our, for the podcast, I was nominated and awarded for the advocate of the year with uh, masters of beef advocacy. And, um, since then I've kind of gotten a lot of opportunity as far as, you know, speaking engagements and, you know, kind of sharing my advocacy story and my journey as someone who, you know, didn't come from the cattle industry or really production ag in general, and just dove into it as a, you know, 20 something year old woman. And that's just been a lot of fun. I'm um, inching closer and closer to 20,000 followers on Instagram, which it's painstaking to have to, you know, figure out how to grow. But it's been a lot of fun just to see my story shared a lot and, you know, with that many people. Um, so there's kind of been a lot that's happened over the past, gosh, year, almost two years. Yeah. Um, okay. I just have to say, I always see your reels with your dog. <laughs> yes uh, she is something she is the love of my life but also the biggest pain in my butt I I'm very blessed to have her but I she I didn't realize she was gonna take she was gonna be such a celebrity on my account like honestly I'm like why do I even produce any other because it's only the Suki content that does well like does outperforms anything else. And I just think it's because people are like, yeah, I understand. I have a cow dog that doesn't actually work cows, but they are stinking cute. And they are like your best friends. Well, um, we got asked when we were back in Reno, um, for a wedding, I went shopping at a friend's boutique and she was like, Josiah came with me and she goes, Hey, yeah, you're the one that has the the Doberman, his parents have a Doberman. Um, that's a guard dog down on the ranch they work on. And she was like, Oh yeah. Like I've seen pictures, videos and stuff of him like working. And I'm like, wow, their Doberman's famous. <laughs> I, I feel like it's everyone's goal to like have a famous an Instagram famous pet. Cause that's truly what the people want. Uh, it's because there's look animals aren't malicious like any bad like quote-unquote bad things that they're doing was either in their breeding or as a top behavior they're not intentionally malicious like that dogs aren't anyways yeah like they're just they're just pure you know yeah like and they're just cute and no matter what they do wrong it's still cute so they yeah they're just like pure souls yes thank you um, okay. So advocate of the year, can you tell me a little bit more, um, about that? Yeah. So if, if you complete the masters of beef advocacy certification, which is like a, like a, essentially a 60 day virtual training of sorts, where you kind of learn the controversial and hot topics in the beef industry, and you learn how to communicate them, um, then you automatically, and it's a free program, you're automatically 
able to be considered for this award. And it is based off of nominations. And um, every year they choose someone who they feel exemplifies being an outstanding advocate, someone who kind of maybe reaches outside their echo, echo chamber, someone who maybe thinks outside the box a little bit. And um, it's really cool because you get a free trip to Cattlemen's Convention. And then you also get a really cool belt buckle as your award. So I have this really great belt buckle that I wear around everywhere now. But um, you get to go and you're, you're, it's cool because you are kind of celebrated for just the efforts that you have put into advocating for the beef industry. And it could literally be anyone that you don't have to be a cattle producer. You know, I just so happen to be one, but you could be like a dietitian. You could be a nutritionist. You could be um, just someone who really promotes the industry in a way that um, is just, to me, what I think is different and unique. And um, you're really reaching people who may not have been reached by, you know, the mass agriculture industry. So it's, it's a really cool thing. And just the fact that like, it doesn't, it's not a ton of work. You don't have to be like this really great social media person either. It's just, you know, you just have to kind of put yourself out there. So you mentioned that like, um, part of the educational part is that you learn about some of like the current controversies involved in like beef production. Um, what are some of those things that are like kind of going on right now? So some of the, well, some of the big ones that I've experienced myself, but I also know are in like the masters of beef advocacy uh, curriculum, um, antibiotic use and um, like oh, for me personally, um, breeding AI. Um, and it's, that's not just strictly on AI either. It's just breeding cattle in general. Um, they, I think a lot of stuff falls in between like the general categories of sustainability and welfare, animal welfare. So those are the two big categories where consumers are the most concerned because they want to know, are the animals being treated right? Um, which a lot of people have very different definitions of what that means. And, you know, is this good for the planet? And like, are the practices that you are following good for our environment? So, um, and I've definitely experienced that on my own platform too. Those are the hottest topics I deal with, but um, probably more specifically is like the antibiotic use, the breeding and on the sustainability side, it's with beef cattle because a lot of it is, you know, raised in pastures, it's hard to really argue that that is unhealthy, um, but they will use methane production um, as a big concern and that falls a lot on feedlots. So that's kind of where those are the biggest concerns I see in my, in my experience. I'm actually really, really excited because I'm going to have Andrea come back on and we're going to talk specifically about the feedlot that they've got because I don't know anything about feedlots at all. So um, I'm excited to have her come back and run me through 
how they do things on their operation and talk specifically about um, like the sustainability and health um, on a feedlot. Yeah, that is, that is going to be a good talk just because, yeah, I think that a lot of people just don't understand um, feedlots and how like efficient they really are and how, you know, actually it's, it is beneficial to have them because cattle can be produced much more quickly and they meet their, you know, weight that they need to meet much more quickly and they're not taking up all these other resources. So it's like, you, it, it doesn't have to be like mutually exclu exclusive, like everything can work together and it's just like, it takes a blend. So that'll be a neat talk to have. With yeah. Andrew. I'm excited. Um, and she's, she's fun to talk to. So, <laughs> um, okay. So from those like four main categories that you gave me, the antibiotics, um, the breeding, um, sustainability, in animal welfare, uh, is there? Do you have a favorite to talk about out of those four? Well, I I think accidentally the breeding became my favorite just because of the reaction that I got. Because um, I don't know if you saw the the one reel that it's my most successful reel. It has well, I haven't looked recently, but it had ten point seven million views on it, and um, it was. Honestly, it was funky because I was talking about AIing, but we weren't actually AIing in the reel. We were just um, um, inserting cedars to, you know, do the fixed time AI for, you know, synchronizing them and everything like that to get them all ready, you know, in heat at the same time. And I didn't realize people really absolutely misunderstood AI and hated it so much um that was something when I posted it I I kind of just thought okay I didn't realize that there was this much hate against it um and so it kind of became a cool thing because I think in the beef industry even there are a lot of people who don't use AI I shouldn't say that there are probably a lot of people who do but it's I think more common to have like live coverage with a bull because they're usually throwing them out in the pasture, right? And that's, you know, that's the most efficient thing. Whereas like at a dairy, um, it makes more sense. Like you have, you have all your cows and your heifers and you're just lining them up and you're, you're breeding them. So for me to be doing AI in the beef space, I think is relatively unique. Like it's not something that everyone does. It's not a common practice. And I think a lot of people, even in the beef space were like, this is interesting. Um, and also I had a lot of people who were like, it's so much safer than a bull. And I had to be like, well, not necessarily. Like I just, it's safer for me because I can't manage a bull and I wouldn't know what to do in an emergency, but there are plenty of people who breed with bulls and it's totally fine. Um, so there's just a lot of misconceptions around that topic. And I've just learned that it's very interesting for me to talk about because on either side, you're getting people who are like confused or not sure they're curious or they're just absolutely against it. And so I always like to talk about those things because why not stir the pot a little bit? And it, there is so much, um, and I think we talked about this before, like the acts, there's so much access to information, but with that comes access to misinformation 
or misunderstanding. So it's like really easy to understand when you and I are sitting here and you're my source of information and you're a reputable source and I trust you so we can talk about it and I can learn. But when you just go to Google, you don't know if your sources are like where they're coming from or if they have what kind of slant they may have. Yeah. And, and that, and like, I feel like out of anyone as an advocate, I can understand that because I started out as that person, like, and a lot of things I still have to Google. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to call my vet over this yet. I want to see if I can figure it out myself. Right. And I will Google things and I will, I will sit there and think, I don't know. I, can I trust this? Or like, you know, is this actually the only opinion out there? And I've learned a lot and I will say, and I'm sorry, I'm going to bring it up being pregnant, like Googling things and trying to like, you know, figure out what, what can I use? What can't I use? There is a lot more fear mongering crap out there than anything else. And you have to consumers, people, general public, they're expected to just shuffle through all of it. And it's like, if you don't know, how are you supposed to figure out what is biased and what's not? And for me on my page, I definitely try to take like a, as much of a neutral side as I can. Like, obviously I support the practices I'm doing, but I also support the practices other people are doing. And I also try to draw attention to the fact that, yeah, I, I do it this way, but you know, it's because I couldn't personally do it that way for whatever reason, or, you know, I I just try to be as unbiased as possible when I'm giving information. And I think that, I think more people need to be able to find resources like that. Because I think if you're looking at a resource and it's just like black and white, it's like, it's this way or the highway, then you have to know like, okay, but is that really true? Because usually there's two sides to every story and there's truth in a lot of it. And you have to just, I don't know, it's confusing, but you have to be able to like, understand that everyone has a bias usually, even even people, like even ranchers, there are ranchers out there that like, they have very hard and fast like rules about how they do things. And I'm like, take what they say, uh, you know, just for face value, don't, don't sit there and hold that as your Bible because what works for them may not work for you. And what they say isn't always necessarily true because they have a bias. So yeah, it's hard. It's like what you said, uh, what did you say? It was a really great quote. And I think you should put that on a shirt with, you know, access to all the information comes like access to a lot of misinformation. That's very true. And it's hard because if we could just solve like the Google algorithm for, you know, how things come up on their like search engine, it would be great. Cause then I think more people would have access to like actual unbiased or, you know, um, that's interesting that you bring that up because I know like for, um, for example, let's say you get most of your news from MSNBC, which is left-leaning, a left-leaning news source, right? And uh, so then when you go to Google stuff, because the algorithm knows 
what you're, what you are wanting to consume, it will show you things that fall in line with that. And it's the same. If you get most of your news from Fox news or something like that, it'll still align. Like those will be your first results. And you use the words echo chamber earlier. Um, very, very easy with access, easy access to information. It, you get easy access also to your own echo chamber and you're not ever forced to learn or think outside the box or anything like that. Yeah. And, and that's so true for literally all of us. Like that is not just a random person on the street. It's me too. Like I have, sometimes I have to check my bias and I have to be like, okay, am I really considering all sides of this? Or am I like, am I believing something that fits in my, my beliefs? And so it's, that is really, it's a challenge. I, if I had the answer to solve all that, I, I think I would be a really great advocate, but I don't have those answers. I'm just like out here trying to say, Hey, there, everyone has a bias. Everyone has an agenda of some kind or has a perspective of some kind. So it's best to just hear a lot of them and like understand as many of them as possible. I feel like you do a really good job of holding yourself accountable, like in public, public. Like I know, um, you previously had said some anti-vegetarian or anti-vegan things on social media. And then I remember, I don't remember what post it was, but I know it was right after you got pregnant. You're like, I can't, you're like for the last six weeks or whatever, haven't been able to eat any meat or anything. And now I know like people who say, oh, this is for health reasons. I understand what they're going through because even if I want, even though I want to, I can't. So I need to take a step back and like check myself and not shame other people for their, specifically for their food choices. Yeah, that's a really good point. Cause there's been, I think the most important thing about my advocacy journey is that over the years, my message has changed. And I think to be a good advocate, it has to, you have to, there was a post I made too a while back that was a little controversial about how I'm not going to use the words eat beef anymore. Like I'm not going to promote eat more beef or eat beef. Like to me and no shame on anyone else who does that because that resonates with them and their, their audience. But for me, I was like, okay, but if I keep preaching to people like eat more beef or you should eat beef, that's not reaching the people who no matter what I say, they're not going to eat beef. I'd rather connect with that person and say, Hey, this is a choice that you've made. This is your lifestyle. And I'm not asking you to change that. I'm just asking you to not change mine. And I'm asking you to not demand that I eat more Brussels sprouts or something, you know, like I just want us to all live together. And I think, especially when I became pregnant and like, could not stand the thought of me. And I still struggle with a lot of like, honestly, I still struggle with a lot of, um, beef stuff, um, which it's annoying because I can eat chicken just fine right now. And I used to hate chicken so much. Um, I am just learning like, Hey, everyone's doing something for a reason and we should just not shame people for how they eat. And that's kind of me hoping that like a vegan or a vegetarian is going to see that and say, I get it. Like that's your lifestyle and you're doing what's right for you. So my message has changed over the years. And I think that's, what's made me a much better advocate is I'm more willing to kind of meet people where they are. 
Yeah. And um, I don't know if this is something you've thought about or talked about. If you have, I have missed it. But um, when also when we're talking about um, like being supportive of ag and being supportive of producers, it there's not only animal producers. There's also farmers who do benefit a lot from people who are vegetarian and who are vegan. And we don't want to shut those people out of the conversation because they don't specifically, they don't like beef or specifically they don't eat chicken or whatever. We don't want to shut those producers out of the conversation too. Yeah. And it's hard. Cause like, obviously a lot of my advocacy is like comedic and like humorous. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to kind of figure out like, okay, is this something that I can post without coming across as like, you know, like the whole plant-based meat argument. Um, I'm not against plant-based meat. It obviously, like you said, it supports farming. It supports the soybean farmers. It it supports all these people who um, aren't in animal ag, but they are still in agriculture. And Mm -hmm. like, I, sometimes I have to check myself and I'm like, okay, a little lighthearted, like fun is okay. But then I have to remind myself, like, these are people in ag too, and they get attacked for a lot of stuff as well. And if I want them to support me, I have to support them. So yeah, it's just, it's, it is hard. And we all kind of get into our little like bubbles and it's like, you can't have plant-based meat because it has all these ingredients in it. But it's like, okay, but those are plant-based ingredients and like, it's not unhealthy. And if that's what people want, then that's what people can have. I'll stick with my beef, but you know, it, it, it is difficult, but I I think it, like I said before, I think it just makes me a more well-rounded advocate. It's a complicated place to be. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. It's we're in a complicated relationship, me and advocacy. <laughs> uh, um, shifting gears a little bit, let's talk about your Facebook that you make. Okay, yeah, beef business women. Um, honestly, for a, a while, I've been thinking about doing something as far as like um, an award of some kind. Um, just because I feel like there are a lot of people in the industry that aren't recognized by all these national organizations. Um, because one, those organizations, you know, don't have the bandwidth to be able to do that, or they're just like, some of these organizations are in their own echo chamber. Um, and so I was kind of like, I want to do something that will, um, recognize someone who's doing great things for the industry, but I didn't know what I wanted that to be. And so literally it was a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in my car actually at lunch and, um, I was like, I I've been promoting a lot of women in the industry, right? I mean, girls eat beef too. Um, that the whole platform is about women. And I was like, I want this to really highlight women in the industry. But then I was like, I want it to highlight the women who are starting their own business or who are managing their family's business or women who are doing things in positions that typically a man might have or a man's getting recognized for and no hate on men because I love men, but it's just something where as I've gone on and like 
my journey as a career woman and a woman in the beef industry, um, I feel like we needed more recognition. And so that's when I came up with Beef Business Women. And I will use that platform to award a, every year award a woman who kind of exemplifies what it means to be a career professional in the beef industry, whether she's starting up her own business, whether she, you know, is running her family operation, whether she's, you know, in, in industry, like, you know, she works for a feedlot or she, you know, works for, um, you know, a, a pharmaceutical company or something, someone, a woman who is just really kind of taking charge and accomplishing the things that she wants in the industry. And so that's where I came up with the beef business women of the year award. And then it kind of spiraled out of control. And so now what I hope to do, I I created the Facebook group and I actually have a LinkedIn group, which I haven't really promoted a ton yet, just because I'm still trying to like grow the Facebook stuff. Um, But I want that to be a resource for women who kind of don't have a lot of guidance. What I found as I've started up my own beef business is that there aren't a lot of like places to go to find the information you need to create a business. And um, I, I've, I'm a part of a, of a, as a workshop essentially, but it's like a year long workshop and it's great, but it's expensive. And, you know, when you're starting out, you can't just throw money at a lot of things because you're like, I'm literally putting all my money towards feeding my animals. Like I can't just like throw it all at business stuff. And so I was hoping the page would kind of help bring women together who could give advice, who could ask questions and say, hey, um, I'm trying to figure out how to get my products at the local farmer's market. What did you guys have to do? What were the regulations? What, you know, what do you guys suggest to have when I go um, to my first farmer's market? Um, I wanted it to be something where you could go and talk about, um, like I, I'm, I'm starting to partner with a company called Farm Raise and um, they try to help producers connect to funding opportunities And so like, I want that to be something, a resource that I can post on this page, which I did the other day. I said, Hey, if you're looking for an opportunity to, um, get funding, get a grant or get a loan, go to this page. They can, they have experts who will help connect you. Um, so that's what I wanted that platform to be. I wanted it to be a resource where we could talk business and, not have the drama that all these other groups have, because I have found that going to any old Facebook community group, sometimes you get gramps over there who is like, don't quit your day job. There's no money in it. And then you get people who are just judgmental and no one gets anywhere because there's no great advice being given. So I wanted it to be a community where we kind of all empowered each other and gave advice to each other without feeling like, oh, if I give my trade secrets, they're going to outcompete me or something. I wanted it to be something where we can all help each other become better businesswomen. And so that's kind of the community I'm building there. Um, I hope to, in the future, um, I am working on this behind the scenes, but I hope to also create like a an annual conference 
where we kind of get together and I have workshops that help you figure out the tax, you know, information, um, what legal forms you have to have, how to register your business for an, um, a business license and what should you be? Should you be an LLC? Should you, should you be a sole proprietorship? Like, I want to have workshops like that. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I want to have the opportunity for women to actually learn applicable things because I feel like a lot of these workshops are like, here's how to promote your business on social media. And that was a space that I didn't need anymore. I know a lot of people do need help with that, but there are a lot of resources out there for that. I wanted this to be like a technical, this is, we are business women and it needs to be something that is, you know, um, targeted towards women in the beef industry because you can take business class. I'm an ag business major. You can take business classes in college. That doesn't mean that's going to help you apply it to your beef business. So I wanted it to be something that kind of sticks an industry and, you know, be an event where women can actually like network and find opportunities and figure out like, how the heck do I get my business off the ground? So that's kind of my big plan with it. But right now there's a tiny little community on Facebook. And it is, it is small right now, but I see really good questions being things that I have I barely understand the questions. That's how beef illiterate I am. But um, it's what seems like really good questions and also a, a lot of people engaging with other group members and giving really good advice and being kind and forming relationships. And it's just what, it sounds like it's starting out. It's going well so far. Yeah, like it's about as good as I could hope. Um, it's really weird for me to think that I could start a community which I've already started a community on my Girls Eat Beef 2 page, right? But it's weird to, to me to, to feel like I could be a woman who does that because I've just never felt like I had any type of influence at all. Um, so just knowing that even this exists and that there are people who are excited about it um, is kind of what's like driving me. And of course, you know, there's a lot that goes into all of that. So like, I'm still stuck on the creating a stupid logo for it all part, but I like, I like the small steps and it's, I'm applying my same philosophy to my, that I have for my beef business to this. I'm just going to start small. I'll start slow and I'll start simple and it'll just build from there. Cause that's all I, you know, that's all I can do with it right now, but I do have some big dreams for it. I was like, well, and then you don't burn yourself out. You don't have, I mean, hopefully like as much as growth is good too much growth too quickly you head straight for a burnout and you've got a lot of things going on right now <laughs> yes and that's that's been my like ideology about all of this anyway like with social media and stuff I, I it has to be practical for me otherwise I can't make any of it work um, my social media like if any social media expert saw how I managed my page they would probably lose their mind because they're like this is ridiculous. Like you are not doing anything you should be doing. But to me, that's what's sustainable. That's what's making me continue to enjoy it because it's not a job. It's a passion. And so that's kind of what I've applied to like not only my beef business, but this too, because like no one's made money. Um, so I like, I can't just go and be like, hey, I'm putting on this event next weekend and everyone can come. Like, it's just going to be something where I, I have to get 
more support behind it. And I have to really establish that community and I have to really prove like this is helpful to women. So that's kind of the fun part to me is building it all and seeing it all come together. So I hope maybe like next year, this time we can have a podcast interview again. And it's like, oh, really great news about it all. But until then, I'm just really excited that it's something that I hope women can utilize. I, I hope that it fills a need. Maybe um, this time next year, we'll be doing a live podcast from your conference. Yes, exactly. That's see, that's the headspace I, I want people to be in. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I was actually thinking this is totally like out of left field. Um, I was listening to a live show of one of my favorite podcasts that I listened to. And I was like, it'd be so cool to do like a live show of this show. And then I'm like, who would want to hang out for that? Who would want to be there? And then I'm like, a conference would be cool where it's something like this, just like with an audience. But then I'm like, oh, but then I have to speak in front of people. <laughs> oh, do you not like to speak in front of people? Um, the older I get, the less scary it is. Um, when I was in college, I was the last, I'm not talking like it is not me. I am not that bitch, but, um, then I did like presentations for my sorority or like, I went back to my high school and presented to like a business class at my old high school. And I was like, oh, this is easy. And then I coached, I coached a cheerleading team. I have coached several cheerleading teams. And let me tell you, high schoolers will just tear you up. Um, so if you ever need public speaking confidence, get in front of a group of high schoolers because they will, they will hype you up like nobody's business. But if you, you're going to hear about all your screw ups later. Yep. Yeah. I can attest to that being a teacher in the past. Like, yeah. Um, I think I would just get ner- I think I would just be nervous about it. Like, I think it would all be fine. It'd all be good. It would be a blast. I would just be like a bundle of nerves because when I would go and perform for cheer, even like as an adult performing, I would like, I don't remember any of the, any of it. I just like blacked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I think that's fair. I think for the most part, like even with my speaking stuff, I sometimes I'm like, what just happened? So I think that's just what you do. And honestly, most of the time you're your biggest critic. Right. So I think it'd be fun to like, have you do a live podcast. Cause like, it's conversational too. So it's not like it's super like intimidating. It's pretty chill. And I think people enjoy that. Here's what it'll be. We'll have, um, the ladies who are attending submit questions ahead of time. So that way we can do a Q and a sesh. At the yes. End. Yes. I think that would be really cool. I, I think that's, a good idea. I'm going to put Done. that down sold it's it's in the books this time next year I have I have I'm I'm creating a list of like people that have offered to work with me on stuff and like Mm -hmm. different sponsorship opportunities so I'm just gonna add you onto that okay perfect well I was talking to oh I don't remember who was I was talking to somebody and I was talking about you I was like look I am like a bona fide Marky fan girl if she's if she mentions it I'm doing it I'm about (laughs) so well that's great I need I need to have uh, a few more people that are just like you so then that way it's like I really get this thing going but I do think that I do think that and this is me totally being humble about it too but I do think that people um are very supportive of that and again that's crazy to me 
So I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to like help other women, but yeah, I just, I need more people who are like, go Marky. Me and Katie Schraffel co-found your fan club. Yes. Katie. Yes. Katie is already like on my list too. She, I, I text her all the time. Like, Hey, I have this question. Like, can you help me with this? She's been amazing. So I was like, you want to talk about doing a live podcast? She's got the, I love listening to her talk. I love listening to her show. Her voice is so lovely. That let's just get all three of us and then we can have the live. And I think that would be really fun. Different personalities too. Katie is like a, a more high energy so like she could definitely balance out. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap up? Honestly, I, I think that that's, you know, a great place to wrap up. Um, I, I'm really glad that you brought me on to talk about this. This is the first podcast I've even spoken um, about this. So I'm really thankful because yes. I think that it takes women like you who are supportive of other women to make great things happen. So I'm just really thankful that you were like, you like jumped right on it. You're like, Hey, I'm bringing you on the podcast. It's like, absolutely. This is fun. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you again so much. I know it's eaten up your whole, uh, evening this evening. So I do appreciate it. But, um, if anyone wants to follow along in your Facebook group or with you on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, where can they find you? So they can go to Girls Eat Beef 2 on Instagram and Facebook. And if they want to join the Beef Business Women group, they can just search for that on Facebook as well. Or like I said, LinkedIn. So those are private groups. They do have to request um, access. But otherwise, those are the best places to reach me. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you again and have a good rest of your night. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to connect with me on social media. It's at Ranch Collective Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. See you next week.